This is Paul Short, and you're listening to Paper Cuts. Paul Short with the best radio voice interpretation of the Paper Cut station identification. Um, <laughs> Paul, this is great. Um, I was thinking about this as a conversation where you can be talking about your work, specifically in terms of the virtual art book fair that's coming up and the books that you've been making and preparing for it. But I also wanted to acknowledge that, you know, we've known each other for years and we've also met at a previous art book fair in Los Angeles. And we've recorded paper cuts conversations uh, at art book fairs. We've kind of like constantly been able to, to meet up at these spaces and uh, hang out through them and build community. So it's great to be able to talk to you about a book fair specifically, but also just to reflect a little bit about how we uh, got to know each other through these weird little books we make. Yeah, it's great. I mean, I can't remember. It was the Los Angeles Art Book Fair, and I'm not sure if it was like my first or second one. Um, I know at my first LA Art Book Fair, I went crazy buying stuff. I, <laughs> I probably made $20, but I met so many people. Uh, you know, I, I traded with people. I got so many books that I, I still kind of like covet today. I mean, there was a few purchases that I was like, why did I buy this now? But every once in a while, but most for the most part, I'm like, they became books I really loved. Um, and you know, like you're saying, like the community aspect of the art book fairs is super important. I mean, I'm hoping that that's what happens uh, with the virtual art book fair. You know, like yeah. I went through the list of the artists the other day and I just went through and started following people on, on Instagram or in one case, I, I went ahead and bought some books on someone's site. Um, I'm, I haven't heard back from them, but I'm hoping that, that I get the books. <laughs> uh, but you know, and I think that is an important aspect of the fairs is the, the community and meeting other artists. Um, and for me, I my work has kind of grown through the art book fairs over the past, you know, five years. And to back up a little bit, like you went to the, I think it was actually the second LA art book fair that they held is where we met each other. Um, and I remember trading a zine with you and getting the five star reviews book of yours. Um, so at that point, can you tell us maybe where you were at geographically and when you started to become more aware of the art book fairs that are organized by Printed Matter as a place you would like to go to show your work? Uh, well, I mean, actually in grad school, one of my professors uh, participated in the New York Art Book Fair and I was like, wait, there's this whole place that's just full of artist books and prints. And I was like, I want to go there. <laughs> uh, but that was when I was in the Midwest and, you know, going to New York seemed like I was poor. I just didn't have the money to travel. So yeah. it seemed like a long shot goal. Um, and um, when we met and when I participated in the LA Art Book Fair, I believe I was in Baltimore at the time. Um, and Baltimore has a really great book community. Um, there's a lot of great projects. Even since I've since I've left there, there's been a lot of great projects that have, are happening there. Um, um, there's a great great fair that's happened there called the Publications and Multiples Fair. I think it's on hiatus uh, for a while, but um, you know, I was participating in the LA Art Book Fair, and I just it was my first fair, and like I said, I went crazy. Just like I wanted to buy everything. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't making that much money then, not that I am now, but like, I, I'm, I'm much better at strategically knowing what kind of books I want and what kind of books I want. Is it a book I want to read or a book I want to look at? Is it a book I just want to hold and kind of be inspired by? 
Um, and that's the great thing about getting books is like, you know, I just unpacked a box I had in my studio of books at home. And there's every variation of how to assemble a book from spiral binding to staple binding to whatever weird thing the artist has figured out. Um, you know, and for me, uh, part of having those books around is being able to live with them and hold them and touch them. Yeah. 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 Were you making books in grad school? I made the five-star ratings book in grad school. Okay. So um, uh, five-star ratings isn't on my visual, on my um, virtual art book fair page, but it is on short editions where you can kind of buy everything. Um, and it's a book of reviews of my artist website that I paid people using Amazon's Mechanical Turk to do. So I basically, I put an ad that was like, I'll pay you five bucks to go to my website and write 500 words about the RUC. Uh, once there were 50, I put the project on my website so that people were aware that they were part of an art project. Um, the book compiles like the 25 of the best from the first 40 of them. Um, and so it's kind of like a, an ironic or, or kind of an ironic five-star rating. It's like, it's, it's me paying you to review my work. Um, and they're really funny and sometimes they're completely wrong and it's totally out of date to what I do now, but also not, you know? Yeah. There's, I mean, it's funny because I feel like even with the books that you have uh, on display as part of this art book fair, there are some through lines. Like you are showing books that talk about practices, art practices in general. Uh, a lot of the books are also text-based um, and the way that you've been incorporating text in the books are focusing on on text in order to uh, tell larger narratives has been really interesting. Yeah, I mean, the work has definitely really grown, you know, like after Five Star Readings, I did a book called How to Do Interventions, mm -hmm. which was not the best. It wasn't my ideas around it were a little convoluted, but in the end. I came out with this idea that I want to educate people on my art ideas or the things I'm doing in my practice that I'm not seeing books for. Like there's no book on how to do art interventions. Well, there is now because I made one, yeah. but like things like that. So like on my um, virtual art book fair page, I have driving as art practice and it takes kind of the idea of like the walking to weave and applies that to driving so kind of like wandering and how you can use your driving time as a creative practice um but i also you know have really grown up in the art book fair community and you know my i would say the best version of what i was trying to do is the how to art book fair book and that book includes you know my what i've learned in my experience of tabling for five years at every art book and zine fair I could find that would let me in. Um, and then reaching out to for contributions from other people that I've met at the fair. And some people I don't know to be like, hey, what is your advice or what's your experience? Funny or, or practical. Um, so, you know, I've kind of hit a, I've kind of alongside doing these kind of practical books, I've, I, I wouldn't say practical, not my other books are practical too, but um, I, how to was like an overarching part of my practice for a while. And I've kind of let go of that uh, and be, and just fully embraced being the sign guy. 
Well, in some ways, the signs do carry over that didactic or instructional quality of some of the books you've been putting together as well, which just kind of compresses everything into a single image. Correct. Yeah. So um, the first Risograph print, I was looking back through my um, my uh, camera roll, and the first Risograph print I ever did was Positively Do Not is a sign with little dots on it. And, and where did you print that one at, Paul? <laughs> exactly. Who, who made that resource available to you? <laughs> that would be you, Christopher. <laughs> uh, I was invited out to do a print at uh, George Mason's print facility, and that was the first print I did. And actually, that print is on the wrong paper. Like, it still slides off of the ink. It's, like, so badly done. <laughs> um, but I did better versions of that, and then that became a whole project. So they're all texts that are appropriated from street signs. And so when I first started they were all called no prints. So they were all texts that were warning you against something or being or were negative in some way, shape or form. And that became like a whole hundred print series that I still kind of do. Um, I do have two of those prints framed up in uh, mine and my fiance's apartment. Oh, yeah. nice. Awesome. Um, and yeah, and that's one aspect of what I like about the Risograph prints is they're affordable. They're like, they're not like, hundred dollar prints like I want my work to be out there in people's homes um, and in, in some ways the that's why I shifted from the print from just doing prints to making them into books basically so the last few years I've been concerned with making uh, collections or making books that are collections of signs so the first one of those I did was signs for artists uh, which is on my virtual virtual art book fair page um, and it's on this really nice Canson edition paper, Chicago screw bound, and it's kind of snarky art advice. Um, I did a sequel to that called More Signs for Artists, um, and it continues the snark with, you know, pay me for my art, or it won't be good exposure. And they're all kind of playful, but they're also kind of like reminders for you as an artist. Yeah, it was also... I feel like I, I need more copies of that book. Uh partially as a way to talk to students like I'm at George Mason University and talking to students about what they're doing outside of school or after they get their degree. It's really interesting because obviously the art world and the place we're trying to interact with is constantly changing and shifting. But some of these things you put together are also really good reminders. People should be paid for their work. Exactly. You know, I think most of the shows I've done, I've, I would say... 30% have had an honorarium and 70% have happened. Mm -hmm. Have they led to other things? Yes. Like other, I've meeting other artists to led to other opportunities. Um, but I, you know, the, the art world is an easy target. It was an easy, not easy. It was still hard, but like, it's, it's an easy target there. I wanted them to be like reminders for you, like not to let shit get you down. So I guess shouldn't use bad words probably on here. I know you can but use like, all the, all the swears. Oh, We're an explicit podcast. I mean, you know, and I, I want to, and, and in some ways, like, I'm, I'm not teaching now, but I have taught in the past. So in a lot of ways, you know, the How to Art Book Fair, Signs for Artists, they're ways of, of teaching without being didactic in a way mm -hmm. where it's not, it's, it's, there's a little bit of humor, which is just inherently part of all of my art. Like I use humor to deal with difficult subject matter or to kind of push I, I use humor as an entry point to difficult subjects 
Um, yeah, and that I, and that's one of the things I really loved about your work right from the get go. It's how you're working with humor and also using yourself as a protagonist in some of these, uh, some of the videos and narratives and things that you've been developing. Um, and I wanted to go back to the How to Art Book Fair book, partially because it is, like, the funny thing now is that, of course, this is a book that you compiled of five years of knowledge at book fairs that we've been attending in person. And so much of the book is wonderful because it engages this larger community about how great the community is and, like, tips to be a healthy human in the midst of all these people. But now we're not amidst all these people. Um, yeah, no, it's... The, the irony of doing a book and doing 600 copies of it and then the next year there being like a global pandemic is just the absurdity is really funny to me but the um, other thing that you did around the same time is the internet art book fair video right or am i do i have the timeline yeah. mixed up here so yeah it was uh in 2019 uh leah mackin who is a artist and bookmaker had a has a project called Internet Art Book Fair. And she did an open call and I applied for it. Uh, and I pitched to do a video with me um, being basically doing all the things you would do at an art book fair, but just doing it alone in the middle of my studio. And so it's just a video of me being like, talking to people who aren't there, trying to pitch books, uh, knocking things over my table, off my table, drinking water, looking at my phone, like, <laughs> Because art book fairs are kind of boring. You are kind of like sitting there, people watching. Um, but it's it's very much like um, there was a great um, cartoon thing online a few years ago. And it was like Garfield minus Garfield. Yeah. And so John Arbuckle just looks like this crazy sad guy. There's an aspect <laughs> of how to art book fair video that's just like this sad guy alone, like, look at my art you know yeah. like, hi talking to people that I, mean, I look a little crazy um and you know and so that project was you know like a fun for me it was like a, a fun project to do because it was it's humorous and it was taking art book fairs and making subject matter out of that uh which and that's something i know a lot about so it was like it felt right to me um also and it's pretty funny and absurd too yeah. So, I uh, I should mention that I I do have I haven't printed it yet, but I do have kind of a how to virtual art book fair list. Oh, really? I could read off a couple yeah, of those. Yeah, please. Uh, I'm hoping that it'll be a, a one page that's just slipped into future copies. Um, the it's not so much geared towards the printed matter one because it has its own framework in which to purchase things, um, but have a website or store where it's easy to purchase work, post and share information about the fair on your social media, make sure to share the fair social media hashtags. When you sell something, make sure to send it out promptly. Send the tracking in a short email to thank the purchaser, make them feel special, give them a bonus sticker book, et cetera. Um, share posts with other from other vendors, follow them and comment on the work you like and tag them, you know, share them in your stories. Uh, buy books from other vendors, uh, message other vendors to trade. It, it can't hurt to ask. Remember that art book and zine fairs aren't just about selling, but building community. 
and participate and watch the live programming of the fair, which I'm really bad at, but uh, I will get better. And, you know, the giving them something special aspect, you know, I, I posted this on my stories and someone commented like that their daughter had remembered that I gave them like a art making in progress print at like a paper jam fair, which is one that happens at Ringling College. You know, oh, and I, cool. you know, like she remembered that, like that's, you know, I mean, it's, and it's something that she has on her wall. And like, that's, that's more important to me than like a $5 sale, you know, and yeah, I mean, absolutely. Like the, you know, it's like little things like that that make, you know, that get your work out there, but also kind of like spread what you're doing. And have you, what other virtual art book fairs have you been part of? Um, the publication, I'm sorry, wait, let's see, what is the, wait. I'm confusing all the fairs in my head right now. <laughs> um, but the SPF, which is the small press fair in Fort Lauderdale, uh, was the first virtual fair that I participated oh, in. Oh, that's right. Um, and it's a really great team that runs that. They had awesome programming throughout where they were like sitting on the couch and pitching books and uh, you know drinking, having fun. Um, I don't know if you follow Wonder Fair, which is an mm. artist store in Kansas they in uh, in Lawrence, Kansas, uh, and they're like an art supply store and they sell art. They're a, a really great team there. And they have been doing similar things on their stories and on their Facebook live stuff, like basically just like live selling things like they're like a home shopping network, <laughs> um, which I and the programming is really great. So um, I think, you know, during this uh, pandemic, people have found really great ways of like making it more interesting um, online. Um, with the, the programming that's coming up for the printed matter virtual art book fair, are you setting up any sort of, is there a chance to live zoom with Paul short as part of the, uh, the programming? Not really. I don't know why. I mean, I, I had shared the, how to art book fair, you know, video, um, that we were just mentioning, uh, at the last, for the last fair, um, the, the, the LA art book fair that didn't happen yeah. in the spring of last year. Um, and so I think I shared that on my Instagram and like done the hashtag. I, I kind of felt like that's the only thing I could share, but also like that happened already. No one needs to see that again. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so not really. I think for me, like, you know, cause I had already is part of the internet art book fair project and even in the video i'm kind of pitching books i kind of and that is an aspect that's missing to the virtual fair is like when you come up to my table at a real art book fair i am like pitching that book from the moment you pick it up like i have <laughs> the things I, I say i'm like oh this book is about that and then i shut up and i let the person look at it uh, but for everything on the table i have a pitch now the virtual art book fair doesn't have that i mean i could do something goofy like that but um yeah, I don't know why. Maybe it's because I've been a little, I've, I've had a little bit of an illness this year. I just haven't been in the zone to like, to make that happen. Yeah, we have, um, for the paper cuts, uh, Jennifer and I are trying to do a Saturday morning or Saturday morning Eastern time uh, books and brunch and buddies. So you can be a buddy with us if you want to join in and, and hang out. Yeah, I'd be down for doing a, a guest. It'll appearance. be about midnight my time in Korea while I'll be there. So we'll be in very different states. That's true. That, uh, that yeah, totally. <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah, have me on. Um, I also wanted to ask you a little bit about your approach to design and mark making. 
Um, we talked a lot about how your recent signs and some of the books are really heavy text-based because you are modeling them after like road signs or signs you would see out in the public. Um, not just the signs for artists, but like the big no loitering project that you did previously, all the no signs. But even thinking about one of the books you have here, the Don't Let Adulthood Corrupt You coloring book, like that's taking your design work, eliminating it also, or eliminating all the color work you're doing on the resographs, making it all line work, and allowing the your audience to to have an adult coloring book. Um, but I think the thing that's interesting with that is you also have a very long history with drawing. Um, and I keep asking you about it, even though it doesn't show up as much in your books, because I feel like that uh, incorporating a hand gesture or a drawing practice is something I've seen you do in such a fantastic way. And it is a way to explore space and how you're interacting with space just as much as some of the text work that you've done. So I guess this is a long ramble that can split up into two questions. One being about mark making and drawing and the other being about your approach to design in the signs and books you've been doing. So um, for me, making books uh, has always felt like what I wanted to do. So I started off doing cartoon stuff in my early 20s. Like I used to do um, a mini comic called Free Freak. And it was these two characters who would go to raves and parties. And I, I drew the whole thing. I would go to Kinko's when it was still called Kinko's. And like I became friends with the people there. And I would print the books. And I would give them out at raves and parties. Um, so for the longest time, I was the Free Freak guy. Um, and I would I would draw them. They were all cartoon characters that I would draw. I also really like um, the image of you at a rave. <laughs> Uh, maybe I, I have images I could send you with me with long hair and like kickwear Please. pants, not not Jinko jeans. But I'll share them with whoever uh, comes on to our Zoom now. for the Print of Matter Virtual Art Book Fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like smoking a cigarette. Like, looks, <laughs> I'm like, I look nothing like that now. I look like someone's dad now. Um, but, you know, for me that I, for, I, I started doing these longer death comics and I didn't have the follow through or the money or an avenue in which to share them. So, you know, almost 10, 15 years later, I've come back to doing books and prints, but I have more follow through. Like I think about how I'm producing the book, what the cost of the paper is, how I'm printing it, what the cost of it is, how do I keep it affordable? Um, you know, how, you know, it's all those aspects go into it. Um, but I don't, draw as much like I for me I kind of moved away from comics I love comics but I kind of moved away from that as a form because I was there were just other things I was interested in so you know I went to art school um, and I would say one of the foundational things I did there was I made a business card that had all my personal faults in regards to relationships that I gave out for numerous years it was like hi my name is Paul I'm selfish and bad with money yada 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 <laughs> and that was my business card and there's an aspect of something being professionally printed that I really like or something becomes hand-drawn like a rough idea becomes something that looks professional um and professional could be a comic book that's printed and bound so I don't yeah, think yeah. in any like any like standardized way um but there's something I really like about that aspect so you know 
now I don't draw as much, but actually during the pandemic, I actually acquired a sketch. I ordered a couple of sketchbooks at the beginning of the pandemic and I've used that to kind of work out ideas. You know, normally I would go sit in a coffee shop in and, and work and think and like work on my computer or whatnot. And now I go walk in the park and I think about things there. And so I use the notes app in my phone to work through mm. text. And as I'm, I don't walk in the park, I walk around the park for just so I'm not having to encounter as many people. And I see more signs and I see text and, you know, my ongoing project for the last few years with these sign based works is kind of um, taking about taking apart the materials that make up a sign and reconfiguring them. So, you know, my sign based work was really inspired by the way light reflects on a sign. And so I don't use the normal colors that you see in a the sign. They're not like white with black or red text. I'm using hot pink and neon green or whatnot. Like I'm using different colors to and patterns to to be playful with the sign format. Um, to maybe more answer your second question. Now the design aspect of my work happens on my computer. So I use Illustrator a lot. Um, you would think that I use um, uh, uh, InDesign more, but I actually use Illustrator because I'm able to uh, adjust and move mm. things more. Um, you know, kind of going back to what you were talking about with the coloring book, uh, I'd done a Don't Let Adulthood Corrupt You as a, an 18 by 24 inch print with K-Rock editions. And I knew that that text had needed to be built into a project. So, and I was like, oh, maybe I'll do a coloring book. And then I started doubting whether I should do a coloring book. I'm like, is that too weird? Is that too childish? And I asked my friend and Clayton and he was like, no, of course you would do a comic book or coloring book. It totally makes yeah. sense. Like, you know what I mean? Like I have a whole body of work about being a large child. So making a coloring book totally makes sense. But you know, we all doubt what we're doing, question what we're doing. And that's an important thing to have. Um, so the Don't Let Adulthood Corrupt You coloring book really worked out, was a way for me to work out those texts and what text worked and what didn't and what kind of, you know, building a body of work. So, you know, every time you see a book at a fair, that's like a body of work in itself. Yeah. Every, that artist has spent their time building and molding this, this book. Um, and, you know, like I've been wanting, I've been kind of now working more towards, I, I've been doing both simultaneously like I'm doing shows with signs and that I'm doing sign books and sometimes they're kind of interconnected so signs to change your city uh, which is the front image on the on the fair site is a bunch of signs that you can you know tear out and put around your city that inspire change or create funny interactions around the city um and that book was for me kind of moving away from the like books about art and moving more towards uh what i was doing previously which was like a loitering project yeah so a number of years i walked uh for a number of years i did this project called reserved for loitering and i would leave signs that said reserved for lo loitering whenever i found no loitering signs um as the project grew it I became less interested in it being me as this as this guy going into your neighborhood and dropping them and more about getting those signs to people so they could declare where they could loiter. 
uh, Science to Change Your City is kind of the best culmination of that in that you have the book and you do what you want with the signs. They're all eight by 10. You could, you could tear them out and frame them for your house. Like I like that they have like a dual aspect of what could happen with them. Yeah, that's great. And again, it's like, uh, I like being able to trace that path from making work and books about art and art world and moving towards making art and books about spaces and how to interact with them and how to change how people interact with those spaces and maneuver within them. So what I'm hoping happens in the next two weeks here um, is that I'll have a second book in the series called Science to Change Your Environment, oh. which will all be kind of more environmental focused. Um, and in, in many ways, I should also mention I was invited to do a project in 2019 in Arlington, Virginia called What's Your Sign? And as part of that, I partnered with our zero waste initiative. So I created prints that were on 100% post-consumer waste paper. No chlorine was used in that paper. So it's not, it's like an off-white. Um, and those prints were given out and they were all like, you know, um, this might be uh, compostable or make it into something new, transform it, keep it, recycle it later. They were all kind of text. There was, there was basically that aspect and then kind of like a, potential playground and things like that. So basically I've taken that project and split it into two books and then kind of built from them. So the Science to Save Your Environment is 100% um, post-consumer waste paper as well. I can't, I can't make a book called Science to Save Your Environment and then buy a bunch of new paper yeah. that's not recycled. Uh, and the cover will be a recycled paper as well. So I've, it's the turnaround time to get it ready for the virtual art book fair is a little dicey but it could happen we'll see i'm not i'm not trying to rush yeah. it i'm just kind of if it happens it happens um but i like that they're kind of sister projects um and in some ways because uh, i live in florida now um i'm much more the environment and the surroundings the weather is just much more there in good and bad ways. yeah and you have been You've been fairly nomadic for the past few years. Do you mind like tracing your whereabouts? Uh, so um, post-grad school, I moved to DC uh, uh, where, where my now wife is or was. Um, and we moved to Baltimore for a few years and we really loved it. But my wife's commute was ridiculous. It was like two hours each way on the train. So she was commuting four hours a day. Jeez. Uh, so we moved back to D.C., uh, and I really miss the, the Baltimore art community. Uh, there's not as much money in Baltimore, but there's just a lot of great artists and a really great community yeah. there. Um, and some cheaper affordable spaces is especially cheaper than D.C., which has kind of pushed out a lot of artist-run spaces or people have just sold their buildings yeah. if they owned them. Um, so beginning of the Trump administration, we were kind of like both looking for jobs elsewhere and you know, where we wanted to go because my wife worked for the federal government um, and she ended up taking a job in Indiana at uh, Ball State University. So we moved to Muncie, Indiana um, and I had a super cheap studio and we had a good apartment after a really bad apartment situation <laughs> there. But uh, we were there for only a year. We thought we would be there longer, but um, there were some other things happening and my wife's family had moved to Florida and it just seemed like, oh, there was a job opening my wife applied for and got it. So now we live in Gainesville, Florida. So my wife works in the libraries at UF. Uh, I work part-time for a community college gallery a little south of here. Um, and so I'm in Gainesville, Florida, which is 
kind of still the South. It's not like, I, I, it's not like Orlando or South Florida. It's still warm. Like it's 74 degrees out right now. That's incredible. I'm looking uh, at no, a window it's where it's like the largest snowstorm in DC in the past three years. I love snow. So I kind of miss it. Yeah. But I also, I'm able to be healthier and walk more and be active because I'm not letting the snow kind of get me down, like keep me from going out. Um, and I've, I would say I've, just now my major error in 2019 was because uh, we moved in the fall the November of 2018 was I was doing a lot of projects and going to a lot of art book fairs so I mean good and bad I was going all across Florida and then kind of doing projects around the U.S. so I was really like excited to kind of go out and do things yeah. but I didn't build the community here as much as I should have so you know, uh, since the pandemic started, there's been a few artists I've met, but it's like, you know, backyard hangouts. It's not as easy to uh, build that community. So that's something that I'm kind of trying to reinvest in because we're going to, because we just bought a house and we're going to, we're going to be here for a while. So I've really been trying to make sure I'm connecting to the community where I'm at. Um, and my hope is to eventually start some kind of project while I'm here as well that kind of works with the community. That's great. And a bookmaking capacity. So, yeah, also, like the pandemic started and things really started shutting down, like right before the LA Art Book Fair was supposed to happen in 2020. And I think that a lot of people were getting things together for that fair. Um, and I'm wondering if you can just tell us a little bit about how your production has changed over the past year and how that affected what you were getting together for, for this year's Art Book Fair. So last January, I was going crazy making stuff. So I did, I was, I, I printed Science to Change Your City. I printed a whole, whole new print series that were 11 by 14 print. Yeah. I printed a, another book from the gutter of those prints called Science for Businesses, um, which is also defunct because it's like so many businesses closed. Um, and then I was, I did the reprint of Science for Artists. So I did two events before the pandemic started. I did the Tallahassee Zine Fest and uh, St. Printersburg, which is a, a print outdoor mm. print fair. And that was literally like March 8th or 12th or something. So it was like right on the cusp before everything closed. Um, you know, and after everything shut down, I kind of just sat on Science to Change Your City. And in some ways it helped me kind of not rush it. I mean, it's still the same book that I designed then, but it helped me kind of edit out a few pages that, that didn't quite work. Um, but really, I've just slowed down and it didn't feel the need to like really. So, you know, I did three books last year, Science to Change Your City, the Science for Businesses and um, the reprint of Science for Artists. So I didn't I didn't feel like this urgency that the fairs kind of create to like have something new. Yeah. Um, this year, I mentioned the science to change your environment. That almost didn't happen because I ordered the paper and they were like, oh, we don't have it. And I was like, okay, we'll just cancel the order. And then I just got the paper like a week ago. So I was like, okay, well, <laughs> I guess it's happening yeah. now. Um, you know, there was another book because I'd, I'd written during the pandemic just like on my Twitter account that was like... Um, uh, reopening the art world like phases one through 20 and it was going to be they were kind of like things that should happen in the reopenings in some ways 
Um, and last week I ordered the paper, I was ready to go. And then last week I found an artist project in England that was basically the same thing and better. <laughs> and uh, it was, it's uh, these uh, two brilliant women of color call, who call themselves the white cube. And I, and they already had them on billboards and I was like, well, I can't make this book. It already, <laughs> what I'm wanting to do is there. And so I scrapped it and I was like, well, this, I, no one needs my version of this. So I'm cool with that. Yeah. And in some ways, it kind of pushed me to do a book that I've been thinking about, which is a kid's art book. Uh, it'll be a coloring book, I think. And it'll be signs for your bedroom door. So they're all kind of like goofy signs for your bedroom door that you can color in. Um, and so I've been kind of playing around with the patterns for that and trying to play around a little bit more and be a little bit goofier. Um, I'm still using the same language because, um, you know, part of the, the exploration of the signs is appropriating the language of street signs and adapting it. So yeah. I take some required or prohibited and then I kind of add my text to it, which is all what I was doing with the research for loitering work, but in a much more focused way. Cool. Um, so, Paul, before we wrap up and let you go to continue getting ready for the for the Arpo Fair, um, I wanted to ask you if there's anyone that you're really excited to see work from at the Printed Matter Virtual Art Book Fair, partially because one of the things I think is so great about how the fair is operating this year in the, the virtual realm is that it's almost able to do more of what the Art Book Fair states that it is able to do, meaning that there's more people able to take part in it from all around the world without having to all come to New York or LA, which as we both know, can be really cost prohibitive. So it suddenly like opens the doors for more people who are making zines in more places to, to show their work. Yeah, I'm, I went through the list. I, I probably should have made a list. I, I was excited that there was a press from Alaska called Ice Fog Press that looked like they had some cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, it looked like photo-based work. Um, I'm trying to think what was... I'm actually on the site now, just so I remember. Um, you know, I went through and was like, oh, I'm going to look at... Especially where there's only, like, one representative in a different... In a city, in a state where it's like, in Georgia, there's just Yaffe Press. So I'm like, oh, I should see what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like, in Illinois, there's a lot of presses that I already know, like Candor Arts and Christopher Branson and Temporary Services and Half Letter Press. Uh, and Silverscope Press is one of my favorite presses of like, I would say contemporary art history books and that kind of push that realm. Um, you know, I, they're all great. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to like, I'm not trying to like prioritize, I wouldn't want to prioritize one press over the other. Yeah. I, I am a little bit, my major concern is just like shipping. So like, international stuff is just so much harder to ship yeah absolutely because the cost is so high even using um the postal service it's still kind of um uh, it's still kind of ridiculous like you know the flat rate envelope is like 35 65 yeah i can pack a good number of books in those and make sure that they're secure but it's still 
difficult. And I don't, I think it's different from the other end. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I haven't started looking at the international presses and seeing how much the cost to ship to the U.S. is. Um, you know, I was very fortunate in that I was uh, a participant in the Vienna Art Book Fair uh, in, 20, in 2019. And, you know, it was great to go there and just like so many acquire books from so many presses. Actually, it was the it's the most books I had acquired since that LA fair that I mentioned earlier as a good book <laughs> into this. Like, I just like went crazy. I was like, Oh, I'm going to get this. I'm going to get this. Like, you know, like with international fairs, it's hard to break even because the costs are so high. So the hope, like what we're saying here is that these international presses will get the exposure mm -hmm. and connections to the community but also that they will make enough money to where it's they're not breaking the bank like they would normally, you know, and having to come to the U.S. and get a hotel in New York is expensive. Like you can't just sleep on someone's couch. And also with, we're now in a pandemic, so you can't. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things that aren't possible because, you know, like my heart at Art Book Fair is also like a practical guide on like how to do it cheaply, um, you know, in the virtual Art Book Fair is the is the best way to keep costs low because it's just, it's all there online. You can order it, click the button and, and you get it in your house, hopefully in seven to 10 business days. I'm hoping the USPS will get better. It's been really bad lately. Um, Post-election, it took me a month to get a book from Drawdown. Oh no. I spent two weeks hanging out. It spent two weeks hanging out in New Jersey. So. Yeah, well, again, like yeah, at the well, end of the, the past administration, there's a lot of structural changes that were forced that <laughs> really fucked up the post office. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, the post office is the best yeah. resource for artist book publishers. Like, I sending something to um, internationally is, I think I spent 140 bucks to send a book international once through uh, FedEx. So, like, yeah, no, USPS is what USPS. I use exclusively because it is just way cheaper. Typically. Uh, and, and I should mention, like, when you're selling books, to, I think I mentioned this in the, like, my little how to virtual fair. Yeah. Make sure to pin send people the tracking number so they yeah, can track absolutely. that work. And also track it yourself. Make sure that the work gets there. Because um, you don't want someone to, like, order a book and never get it and then three months email you. You know what I mean? Like, keep a track of what's happening so you know. Yeah. Well, Paul, outside of the Printed Matter Virtual Art Book Fair, where can people find find your work and follow you? Um, you can find me at paulshort.com. That's like all of my, all of my art. And then short editions, uh, short is with two T's. Um, and that's where all, you can buy all my books and prints. Um, I'm fortunate that I have, a, I think one book at Printed Matter. I have another, my Science for, to Change Your City book can be bought at uh, Drawdown Books online. Uh, drawn and Found, which is a Cincinnati-based bookstore, has some of my books. Um, I'll be doing a project at Wavepool Gallery in the fall that'll be an actual signed version of Signs to Change Your City, and they carry a couple of my books in their, at their store at Wavepool. They're a great awesome. uh, nonprofit art space in Cincinnati. Um, those are all the ones I can think of with, with my head. I think there's probably a few others that I'm missing, and I apologize in advance for forgetting them. <laughs> awesome well again thanks so much Paul it was great to catch up with you oh thank you so much for having me and I hope everyone has an awesome virtual uh, printed mounted virtual yeah. cool
Phrases.